Welcome to the Emmaus Fellowship Teaching Podcast. We trust you find this encouraging. Emmaus Fellowship is located at 205 North Pine Street in Woodland Park, Colorado. Our phone number is 719-687-6061. We trust you find this encouraging as you pour over God's Word with us. Gave me a voice and a song Taught me how to sing Um, I got a couple of new things today, which is pretty exciting. I get to wear this cool little thing here, which I've never done before, which leaves my hands free, and so we're not really sure what's going to happen if I'm going to knock things over. But I think, I think we'll be okay, but we'll see. I want to express how God speaks to me and how that kind of came about. And this is a little bit of a, this is a, a preface to what I'm going to share today because... Um, because um, it, it, it brings some, um, some quote marks on all of this so that you guys kind of understand. All right? So when I was roughly 19, um, I came back to God. And that's a story for another time. And we don't have time for that today probably. But um, it was cool and exciting and awesome and terrifying all at the same time. And I found myself with an entirely new faith. Everything was vibrant and beautiful and alive, and I'm sobbing to songs on the radio, and I have no idea why. And, and I started going to the youth group next door um, that Chris was then the youth pastor of. And even though I was older than all of the kids there, because I was not technically a youth, he had an, a lot of grace for me and let me come and be there. And more than that, he would take me into the wilderness and we would go climbing and hiking and, and go find something to do that was dangerous, on all honesty. And in all of those wild spaces and doing all of those wild things, Chris was constantly pointing to things and saying, look, this is just like Jesus. This is just how Jesus does this for us, right? This is my education. And I, I had grown up in the church. I had grown up with a more formal education of who God was and memorizing scripture, beautiful things, not bad things. But I had not known the life of God. And this was me in the wild of Colorado experiencing the life of God because now I could see him in the rock and I could see him in the tree and I could see how he had made all these things beautiful, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. Fast forward a great many years, and um, I am camping with my family in the same great outdoors that I love, and I'm having a bit of a row with God, if we're being totally honest. You know, I'm going at him about this and that and the other, and um, due to some things that happen, I finally calm down and say, what what do you want to say? What do you want to say to me? This was all kind of revolving around standing up here and doing this. Because what I wanted, what I wanted was to be a normal pastor. I wanted to be a normal teacher. I wanted to stand up here and, and have, you know, five points with three sub points and 
perfect scriptural references and handouts for everybody. That was my view of a pastor, which is interesting because Chris has never been that. Like, he's, that's just not who he is. Now, Brian Fenimore does a great job of that, right? But this is, anyway, doesn't matter. That's what I wanted. That's what I thought I was supposed to be. And his words to me were, you're a storyteller, Nick. Go tell a story. So, that's very difficult for me. And I don't know, I didn't, I didn't know why. I didn't know why that was the case. But it's been um, a, little bit of a, um, a little bit of a battle for me to land in that and just be okay with that. Right? And we're going to get into some of that here. But I wanted you to have background of how we landed here. So I would like to start with a quote by G.K. Chesterton, which is uh, probably my favorite all-time right now. It goes like this. Because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, therefore they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again, and the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead, for grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt in monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun, and every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never got tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our father is younger than we. They're like, oh, right? Um, <laughs> I've shared this with a couple people before, like I said, because it's a favorite quote of mine. But I've had this pressure in my heart. Um, to let go of all the things that have made me grow up, spiritually speaking, um, and come back to the moment when I would ask him to do it again. That, that moment being 19 and the song making me weep for no reason at all, driving up the past and there's frost everywhere, and it's just so beautiful that I wept. But that kind of stopped happening. Why? Why did that stop happening? I want to see each flower and sunlight, sunrise and neighbor for the wondrous loving work of God that it is. I want that childlike vitality again. I want to say, save me again. Provide for me again. Tell me how much you love me again. Right? This is the baseline. This is, this is the actual zero mark of my salvation. Right? Because nothing else actually, actually is anything. <laughs> because it all comes down to me being a child in my daddy's lap. But somehow, I grew up. Since these are constant gifts from a consistent God, that I felt like I, I didn't or shouldn't need to ask for them. I delusionally thought that I needed to outgrow my need of asking. I believed the lie that it was a faith issue and that I needed to just believe that he would. Now, to be totally clear, he did. He has and he will continue to do all of these things. But his consistency doesn't change the fact that I was trying to live in my own strength and call it faith. That is not what that is. As I was... 
As I was praying about being a part of the team here during Chris and Tiff's sabbatical, um, we'll take a quick step back from that. Um, his invitation to me, the Lord's invitation to me in that was to break the status quo in me, to tear down everything I've built, bought into and believed in, and see what was left shining. Just rip it all apart. Let's go back to zero. To take my strength out of the equation. And honestly, that was the kicker for me. So to that, to those things, to the tearing down of all that, to the breaking of my status quo, I said yes. To that, like I said, I'll take two, actually. Those, those were my actual words to Jesus. So yes, I'll take two. And so with some excitement and no little trepidation, I agreed. Um, sometime later, I'm driving, just headed to another work site, and there was a, long, a line from a song reverberating in my soul, and it says, let go my soul and trust in him. The wind and waves still know his name. It still makes me want to cry every time. As I was typing this out, Jesus, like, put a full stop on me right there. And he said, say this next. <laughs> so this is for you, wherever you're at. That storm in your life still knows his name. And we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak to that storm and tell it to be still. That is a fact. But if you find yourself yelling at that storm to be still and nothing is happening, maybe you're trying in your own strength. And let me, I want to be clear, it's not just okay to ask God to do it again. This isn't just an okay thing. It's not like, it's not the fallback to you being strong. You being strong is, is actually the error here. He's not asking you to be strong. He is asking you to ask him again. He wants to be asked again. He is waiting for it, loving it when it happens. He wants to rescue you. So ask him to stop the storm. It doesn't need to be complicated. It really doesn't. You don't have to stand up and be big. The disciples didn't. They were terrified they were going to die in the water. Jesus was sleeping. And their thought is, don't you care about us at all? We're going to die. It's okay to pour that out at the feet of Jesus and say, can you stop the storm again, please? My next note is when Jesus said that we would do greater things, he wasn't building us a workout regimen that would make us physically stronger. There's no super Jesus pre-workout and protein drink that's going, to, that's going to get us there. This is not how this works. We were never designed for that. We were designed to be led by him. We were designed to listen to his voice. We were designed for him to protect us from the storm. This is, this is actually by design. You were never meant to be the strong one. So anyway, with this song running in my heart, the words let go keep popping to the foreground and I'm asking God, what am I, what am I holding on to? I'm honestly really ready for him to start pointing at some things in my life. I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get it done. Let's knock some things off the list. Let's just, let's just get after it. Rip the Band-Aid off, bring the pain, right? And <laughs> there's that strength thing, right? Yeah, 
You guys can see that. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he gives me nothing. It's just this echo of let go, let go, let go, let go. And weeks of this go on. <laughs> and weeks later, I'm, I'm reminded of his initial invitation to break the status quo in me. And through some conversation with people that I love and trust, it, um, it struck me that he's not asking me to let go of a thing. It's not a thing that he wants me to let go of. He's asking me to, to let go of me, actually. Not, like, don't get me wrong, he's not asking me to stop being me. He's asking me to let go of the persona that I've made, that I've built, the lies that I've bought into, the gifts that he's given me that maybe I've become a crutch that I've relied on instead of him, to let go of all of that to baseline who I am to a child sitting in his lap again. There was a, a thought when I was typing that out um, that somebody might misconstrue that into thinking that, that I believe that I am or uh, that God made an error in me, that I believe that. Um, I want to be really clear. That's not a thing. God doesn't actually make errors with you. You are, by design, you are chosen. You are selected by him. You are loved by him. Where you are at right now, in this moment, there's not something in me that needs to be fixed. That's not what I'm looking at. And that's not what God would do with any of you. What is happening is he's pulling away the weights and lies and crutches that I've picked up so that I can live the life of freedom that I've been called to. That's the design. Well, it's all this extra fluff that has come up, right? Hey, Haley, you want to give me a hand? I got this guy turned off? Yeah. Hey, Michelle, can I use your guitar? Hold that guy too. Caleb, bring your backpack up here, would you? Okay, let me hold those. Put that backpack on the front of you. <laughs> this is why I didn't tell you it's funnier this way. Yeah, real funny. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Hey, can I have a hug? I'd really like a hug. Can you, can you make that work? Can we, I don't know, it's, right? It doesn't quite work, does it? This is... <laughs> You're good. Go ahead, baby. You can go sit down. <laughs> these, aren't, um, these aren't things that we would throw away. This is my daughter's first guitar. And while I don't know, I would bet that this guitar has some story behind it. These are great gifts from a great God, right? And he's the, like, he is the giver of great gifts. This is kind of his thing. This is what he does. He's not asking us to cast any of that aside. 
when I am talking about the gifts that I've relied on that have become crutches. I don't want anybody to think that what I'm asking you to do is to step away from gifts that God's given you um, and just leave them laying behind. These are beautiful things. What I am saying, though, is that sometimes we have to lay down great gifts at the feet of our Father so that He can love us. Because sometimes we get too focused on the thing. We get too focused on this beautiful thing in front of us that He's given us. <laughs> I was letting that roll around in my heart a little bit, and I thought about how my kids, when they were very small, would um, they'd bring me a toy to share and and then go play, and then very sweetly they would come and trade it for another toy. And sort of on and on it would go. So I'm thinking they are sharing gifts that their father gave them with their father with never a fear that they would be taken away. These aren't. He doesn't give you great gifts to take them away from you. He is not looking to break your heart. He is looking to hold it, actually, and if you are blocking yourself with this gorgeous guitar or with that of whatever gift he has given you, then it is very difficult for him to do that. The next step in this is that I'm not laying these things at his feet expecting to come away sort of destitute and without anything. I think there's, there is something that happened in my life at some point that made me feel like you should, you know, be covered in dust and beating your breast and sort of an angst-ridden Christian. And that's not, that's not who he is. And that's not what I have come to expect from him. It's actually quite the opposite. I'm laying down the gifts that he's given me so that I can find the freedom to revel in new gifts and that he's giving both myself and to others can't share if you won't let go. It's also the freedom to hear the voice of the Lord saying, do it again, both to you and to people around you. Because his voice is saying that through you all the time as well. I think it's super beautiful to stand back and um, say to um, a tiny toddler dancer, do it again. Right? What little girl doesn't want a pirouette? So twirl, do it again. To tell a young boy that's learning to climb, do it again. To tell an adult that is just coming into their voice and able to speak out the truth that they know Jesus is sharing in them, do it again. Say that again. We need to call this out in each other. Yes, the littles need it, and we are little too. So find that in people. Look for that, because that spark of Jesus in them is beautiful and miraculous, and it is worth repeating. It is worth reaching out and saying, do it again. Yeah, do that again. That was beautiful. Do it again. Um, I will be... Perfectly honest with you, I was um, putting finishing touches on notes this morning.
And Jesus said, yeah, we're not going that way. <laughs> so um, I said, okay, well, here we go. Let's do it again. And because this is pretty much every time. I'm not going to lie. It's, I'm pretty sure this is five for five at this point of the last five that I've done. So, um, so this is where things get wild because I'm off the edge of the page now. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, that's kind of my favorite space to be. Because, because the Holy Spirit is unscripted. <laughs> and he has ever been that way. Do not prepare ahead what you will say. The Holy Spirit will give it to you when it is time. This is actually who he is. And he loves, loves, loves putting us in this space where we just have conversation because we don't have time to muddle it up. So, since we're off the page, and since we're going nuts, I have a verse written on this next page. It's Psalm 23, and it's out of the Amplified. It's verses 1 through 6. And I'd like to read this to you. The Lord is my shepherd, to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not want... He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still and quiet waters. He refreshes and restores my soul, my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the sunless valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever throughout all my days in the house and in the presence of the Lord. It's interesting to me that David had this thing pegged. Not a weak dude. You can read again and again, you know, this mighty man and all these fights and all of this war, and he was not soft. This was a hard man. And what we see right here is someone who has let go of all of that strength and all of that power, all the armies that surrounded him at various times. Sometimes he was in a cave, whatever. He's let go of all of that and found that the only thing when life gets really bad, when life gets really bad, the only thing left is Jesus. I think it is vital <clears throat> that we remember it's too easy to look through Scripture, to read these great stories and say, oh, I want to be a Samuel and Elijah. I would, you know, these guys or girls didn't, they didn't always get it right. We have, we have built ourselves a history around Christianity that is full of people that we can't measure up to when, when we are the same as them. They're, they weren't greater than we are, right? Their lives show us the path that God has walked and how he rescued us. But... That's not something to attain. We don't, we're not being asked to be David. 
I'm being asked to be Nick because what people around me need is Nick. Right? They don't need another Chris Austin. I'm not supposed to be that. They don't need another Brian Fenimore. They don't need another Michelle, another Caleb, another... It doesn't matter. You are on purpose. (laughs) You are on purpose. And this is... It's critical that as you, as you read Scripture and as you delve into these great stories, that you let the Holy Spirit reveal the heart behind all these things. He is speaking truth to you. Don't let your brain mull it up and think it's about the person that's being written about. It doesn't make any sense. This is not their story, just like it's not my story This is Jesus, this is God's story. And we get to play a beautiful part, but it is his story. Make no mistake. All of this is his story. This is the arc of everything. You are needed. You are needed in that. It reminds me of a story. I was working in the oil field at the time and uh, driving out. I was coming back from Wyoming. There's a bunch of drilling rigs that are north of Rock Springs um, on 191. And you come down and you hit 80 and you head towards Cheyenne and it's a blank slate of nothing. I don't know if you've been on I-80. There's not a lot to see. (laughs) There's the occasional gas station. That's it. What's really awesome about that stretch is I like audiobooks. And it's just a great stretch of time to listen to an audiobook. So I'm alone in the truck, and I hit Rock Springs, and I take the left onto I-80, and my book ends, and cell service drops. There's nothing. I don't have any music to listen to. I don't have an audiobook to listen to. I don't, I don't have anything to stop the noise in my head. And there was a lot of noise in my head at the time. And as I'm driving, I'm... I don't have anything to do, and I start praying, and uh, I'm talking to God about where I'm at and what's going on, and I'm heartbroken, and I just can't find any more words to say, and for the first time in my life, the only time this has ever happened to me, I hear the angel chorus singing, and it's like, um, it's like two in the morning. It is pitch black out, no moon. Stars are shining, and it's glorious. I mean, just mind-bendingly so. And I'm just sort of reveling in this and feeling like God's given me this sweet gift um, to just kind of take my mind off of it. And it stops. And I said, what's going on? What happened? And clear as I can tell you, he said, they're waiting for you to sing your part of the song. Um, and I did I sang my guts out and it was terrible (laughs) and it was awesome I sang all of my hurt and pain and rage all of it I sang it all out and it'll never get sung again but the reality is that we are, we are meant to join in that chorus and our lives are a part of that. And so as you are 
considering where you are at with God, as you are considering who you are and who God is calling you to be, and all of these deep questions, it, it, might, it might behoove you, it might do you some good to stop and to let go and to ask God to do it again. Show me again how much you love me. Tell me again how much you love me. Show me how much you're going to provide for me. Show me how much you care about my family and my kids. I think if I spend the rest of my life asking him to do it again, I think it's a life well spent. I'll be honest. Because that, because that's going to show. That's going to show in how I approach other people. The light out of me changes because of that. And, and I don't have any delusions that God's going to let me spend the rest of my life just doing that. But I'm really excited to sing my part of the song. Whatever part it is, it's not about my strength. It's not about my charisma or my ability, right? All of that stuff falls away, and we baseline at Jesus loves me, this I know, right? Like, let's take it back down to the baseline and let God rebuild on gold. <laughs> let's let all of the fluff fall off. Not because we have to get rid of it, but because that's freedom. Because it's freedom. And it is for freedom that we've been set free. Make no mistake. We are free. And the bondage that we find ourselves in is not of his making. So let's just be rid of it. Jesus. Lord, I could spend the rest of my life wondering how you can possibly be so good to me, and that is okay. But in this moment, Lord, I really, I ask that you would help us to see the little miracles. You would help us to notice when the mountain is showing off with a sunset, when a flower blooms just for us, when a family member smiles just for us or gives us a hug. When that phone call comes in that was unexpected. Lord, let us not see these little miracles as happenstance. These deserve testimony and rejoicing. Let us rise up and shout from the rooftops, look at what my God has done. And do it again. I speak your peace and your hope over these people. Your joy, your boundless joy in their lives, that you would fill them with that. That we would reject the lie of the enemy and come sit on your lap. Thank you, Jesus, for... Letting me sing my part of the song today.
In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love you guys. And we'll see you again soon. It's our joy to offer these podcasts. We sure hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, any prayer requests, feel free to drop us a line at Fellowship at iCloud.com. If you're curious about ways you can be more deeply involved in this community, visit our website at EmmausFellowship.org and be sure to like our Facebook page.